welcome to our podcast, As a Matter of Black. I'm Bowie. What's up? It's me, Bali. That's all I got to say. That's all you got? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm with uh, Isolated Bali. Iso Bali. That's <laughs> what it is, Iso Bali. Yeah. So, you know, hey guys, we're back. It's As a Matter of Black podcast and... Uh, we're coming to you in a, in a very, very interesting time in society and in life right now. Um, as you will probably notice, you know, when you're listening to the playback is that, um, the recording may sound a little different and that's because I'm here, you know, at my house on the couch and, um, Chateau Bowie and, and Bali's, Bali's not here with me. Where, where are you, Bali? I'm in the Pulaski County Jail. <laughs> Are you calling me collect? <laughs> no, I'm calling you from this burner phone, so I'm hoping the CEOs don't walk by. <laughs> How do you get a burner in the Pulaski County Jail? You are so green. <laughs> it's this contraband. <laughs> okay, it's a lot of contraband in prison and in jail. <laughs> Go watch 60 Days In on, on AE television. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Where are you really? I'm at home, man. And and why are you at home and not here, like, recording? Why are we not recording together? Because I don't want to come to your house. <laughs> I don't want you to come to my house either. <laughs> because I'm isolated. I'm isolated. I just told you this. <laughs> So because of because Osiris is being or Bali is being very 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 difficult, we are practicing you know very safe measures because of the current coronavirus or COVID nineteen um, pandemic that has swept the nation and the world for for a while now three months now since December for China and the rest of the people. And now for us, the end of February, all the way up until right now. Mm-hmm. So exactly. we're following the guidelines of the CDC and whoever else, everybody in their mama, all the celebrities and the um, corporations and the World Health Organization is telling us to stay away from people practicing this thing called social distancing, um, a.k.a. self-isolation, a.k.a self-quarantine and that's just sort of this you know new normal for us staying away from people who don't live in the same household as you not being around your friends not leaving your house um being away from people or if you are around people at a store or at a you know at the doctor or something staying within six feet distance uh from them and so we're adhering to these guidelines because of this odd pandemic. And so here we are. Yeah, it's definitely interesting time. I was telling somebody, I guess, uh, it was last week. I mean, after this is over with, I, I think that uh, people say that we can't wait for things to get back to normal. But I don't think that's if we will ever see the normal again. There's going to be a new norm. And I'm not saying that, like, we, like, going to a whole new different age as far as, like, 
technology and how we're dealing with everything, but as far as, like, I think how people interact with each other, uh, more health precautions, and definitely with businesses and um, finances and everything, and just going in a whole different direction because, you know, I don't think anybody would expect that it would be like this after hearing about it in December, and now, you know, people basically saying, hey, you can't leave the house and you can't do this you can't do that these businesses are closing down and you know i think we're all learning a lesson here but you know hey you gotta roll with the punches man you know we ain't gonna be you know saying just sitting around complaining about everything you know we gotta be productive and self-sufficient and think about how we can solve this and be solution-based oriented or whatever you know yeah, so I will definitely say that I agree with you. I think that, you know, after this whole thing um, passes, whenever that's going to be, life will definitely be be different for, for many of us. Um, I was just kind of reflecting a couple of days ago with just a friend of mine over the telephone um, about how, you know, one day we were just kind of, you know, gallivanting around the city around the, you know, the nation, some of us out of the country, living our lives, making our own decisions, you know what I'm saying, adhering to our normal schedule that we essentially created for ourselves. And then, you know, within a matter of days, life as we know it, you know, was different. So for me, at the top of March, I was actually in DC for a work conference. And then when I got back on Saturday, you know, I was being told that, you know, ain't no toilet paper at down at the doggone grocery store, you know, wasn't no bleach, no no Lysol, no pine saw, all the saws were gone, it wasn't no hand sanitizer, like, you know, it wasn't no paper towels, like chicken and bread and rice and canned beans and everything at the grocery store was just being ravished by people who had beat me to the supermarket, you know, before I got there on Saturday at the beginning of March. And then I spent the next 14 days um, in self-isolation because I had been traveling and had, you know, was in D.C. when they were, when they, when D.C. declared a state of emergency and um, came back to Arkansas and my job had closed so I spent the next 14 days essentially like you know in isolation in my house kind of just trying to figure out what in the world is going on and um you know I've been here ever since <laughs> my 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 <laughs> sounds like you had an interesting time once you got back from DC yeah should have been up there hollering at your boys while you was up there about you know getting some stuff saved for you when you got back here, but nevertheless, you know. I, I didn't know it was going to be like this. Like, I didn't know that it was going to... I mean, honestly, man, none of us really knew that it was going to be like this. I mean, well, some of us knew, but some of us want to lollygag and be on that buffoonery and play games, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, when people in the government get this information, it's their duty to warn the public about taking precautions and doing this and doing that once you get the word you know what i'm saying you ain't 
you, you don't lollygag the information and downplay it and, you know, put everybody in danger, then come back and say, well, nobody knew this was going to happen. Well, you know, that's kind of like, you know, the professor giving you the syllabus at the beginning of the semester, and then halfway through the semester, uh, he's, he got a, a paper schedule for it, you know what I'm saying? And then students come back and like, hey, why didn't you tell us? This is unexpected. No, my brother and my sister, you know, I gave that to you back in September. It is now October. I gave you another Vans warning. So if this, this wouldn't have happened the way it did, if people had enough notice, like, yo, this could probably get crazy. Take some precautions. You might have to sit up in the house a little bit. People could have been stocking up, putting stuff in the deep freezer, getting up on supplies. Everybody would have had an equal chance. But when you put everybody in that mass hysteria, you see how that go. You know, we live in Arkansas. It's a place where if we get some snow and we find it the night before, we clean up the shelves that night. You know, and that's and that's if we gonna be in the house for one or two days. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, the reaction you can't really blame the people for reacting the way they did. You know what I'm saying? But when you give people that short notice like that, they ain't got nothing but. Only thing on their mind is let me get me and mine straight. I mean, and the people that they're not, not the most vulnerable people, man, they don't even have an opportunity to try to prepare themselves, you know what I'm saying? So, my heart really go out to them because it's like, man, you know, I know people want to get up to these shelters and find somewhere where they can be safe and secure and not be out here on the streets if they had an opportunity to. But hey, you know. Yeah, and I think I definitely want to kind of spend a little bit of time talking about that that exact point before we move on to, you know, whatever else we kind of got going on because we don't want to make it about, we don't want to make it too heavy as usual, you know what I'm saying? But we can't, you know, use our voices and not, you know, speak to the people that um, are essentially, you know, forgotten about by majority of society. You know, so, you know, this, um, everybody knows by now this whole thing around the coronavirus, you know, some people call it a super flu. Some folks are saying it's a combination of all these different viruses and, you know, I'm not a scientist and I'm not a doctor. So, you know, y'all can use the Google like y'all been doing to, to, to really understand what coronavirus and COVID-19 is. But I think, um... For me, you know, the really the really hard part, the hardest part about this is, um, you know, the way that it's affecting, like you mentioned, vulnerable citizens. Um, and when we talk about vulnerable citizens, we talk, we talk about people who are, you know, homeless people. We're talking about poor or impoverished people, people that are living on the margins of society, people that are, you know, disabled um, people that don't have access or equal access to, you know, normal, basic needs, human needs, you know, um, as, as most of us should. So just for me, like on the outside looking in, there was a few things that were really upsetting to me. Um, and the first of it was just like all of these stores and restaurants and things closing down. You know what I'm saying? Which was affecting 
a lot of these people, these service workers, hospitality workers who have to report into, you know, to their jobs every day and how, you know, with the closure of all of these, um, these establishments goes those people's jobs and their income and their way of living. You know, a lot of these folks that already this barely making enough money to sustain and survive, you know, them getting laid off or not being able to come into work every day to earn wages to support themselves and their families was just very disheartening. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people are um, relying on consumerism, you know what I'm saying, spending power from other people to drive uh, their way of life and their income, you know, you and I are frequent bars. We people frequent restaurants. People go to stores and you know other kind of establishments where we go and we spend money and we patronize those places. And in turn, you know, we are helping to support families. You know, in in Little Rock and Arkansas, you know, across the nation, respectively. And so. That was one of the most like disheartening things for me that I saw. A lot of my friends work in service industries, and a lot of, I saw like watched you know one by one, week by week, like them losing their jobs and going home. Some of them are choosing to apply for unemployment. Some of them are deciding that you know they want to wait. But you know whatever the circumstances may be, they're put in a very you know a very hard position in which they have to figure out how to fend for themselves and their families and. That was really hard to see, to watch. Yeah, it was. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I mean, I think I told you this several times, you know. But that's one of the reasons why I got uh, I show a lot of respect and gratitude and appreciation and patience to the people that's in retail and in the service industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I believe in always leaving a good tip because, one, you never know what those people are going through, man. These these are not the, the most uh, attractive and sought after jobs. Mm. A lot of these people do these jobs just to get by. Or this is what they have experience in, and it is a service that we should take uh, appreciate. We, we should appreciate and not take for granted because you know somebody got to do these jobs. Right. But at the end of the day, you know your waitress, bartender, your customer service person at the local uh, whatever retail store you go to man, they job can be gone for them just like that. Arkansas is an at-will state which basically means they don't have to give a reason for terminating you or laying you off. They can just basically say, hey, sorry, we can't do it. And that's what happened to a lot of people that's working in the service industry and the retail industry. They just basically lost their job just like that. And so, you know, I hope this is a lesson to everybody that wants everything is kind of like over with and all that type of stuff, man. Just show a little bit more appreciation to those people because those people are very vulnerable in their, in their line of work as far as like steady employment and, you know what I'm saying, just having that stability to be able to pay their bills. And so, you know, that's that's something I definitely, uh, you know, I got to give a shout out to all of them. Cause, man, yeah, that's uh. You know, when that something like that happened unexpected and then people just say keep on paying your bills what can they really do besides just try to go look for work at a time when like work is scarce you know we got one the highest unemployment rate in a long time so right. you know everybody got to be mindful of that moving forward it's a lesson you know totally um 
other thing I wanted to mention and uh, which is, I think is even more disheartening than, you know, people out here losing their jobs is this, uh, you know, this, this, this concept of social distancing, which, you know, um, it's a term I never heard of before in my life up until, you know, a month ago. So yes, you did. You heard it before. You just didn't hear it in this language. They just called it something else. Okay. So what? What? In which way have I may 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 have I have heard this before? White flight. <laughs> <laughs> or did you forget? <laughs> From these people, okay, okay, yeah. I, okay, I receive. White flight, white flight is is definitely a form of social distancing. Got it. You know, you know, ask ask my peoples out there that live, you know, said so that built up Highway Ten and all the way out there in Chennai, why they did it. Right. Got tired, got tired of people coming in the Southwest and the East End and into Central Little Rock, so they went and built all that stuff out there. White flight, social distancing, and they built their own grocery stores out there too. They didn't have to see us or encounter us. Okay. I respect that. But I will say, you know, since I am not of the, you know, Caucasian persuasion, I don't really know what that's like. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm black. As a matter of black, I'm black. And so for me, you know, communal, you know, living and being around my tribe close, you know, being close to my tribe proximity is, you know, a a way of life for me. It's a cultural thing for me, you know what I'm saying? And it ain't nothing for me and my friends, my homies to kind of all be together, you know, hugging one another, like loving on one another and like showing each other how much we appreciate them by touch, you know what I'm saying? And affection. Um, and so this idea of social distancing is very, is very new, you know, for me. Now for the white people that flee and get away and go places is, it ain't new for them. Like that's what they used to, but for me and my tribe and my village. Oh, no. You know, you, all you gotta do is go on social media. When it, a lot of this stuff hit and them plane tickets got real cheap before they shut it down, mm-hmm. man, I, they just started flying out to the Caribbean. I seen that. I seen they it. Just, I was like, I was like, see, y'all really finna just leave the country <laughs> and go sit on the beach. Cause y'all got the money. To sit out there for four, five, six months. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was telling somebody, like, before all this happened, I was just like, before all this happened, I ain't see, foresee anything coming. But I was like, you know what I'm saying? I told somebody that I know, I was like, we all, I said, everybody I know can be in poverty within the next month or two. Indeed. Yeah, and this was before Corona was, was like, virus was taking over. I was like, they could just be in poverty. And he, he was like, what you mean by that? I said, man, if you ain't got enough money, you lose your job there and you ain't got enough money to sustain yourself without seeking employment or income from anybody else for the next, like, year and a half, then you in poverty. Yeah. You know Immediately, you might be living well right now, but if if that one paycheck got took away from you on a regular every bi-weekly, and you in poverty, Indeed. or two or three paychecks, if you ain't got enough savings to take care of yourself for the next year and a half, two years, then you you are a part of what is ca- called the, the the lower class of people, just like that, because if that, that's upper class is like wealth, 
and we'll survive, you know what I'm saying, all type of stuff. So Right. So anyway, go ahead. I ain't mean to cut you off like that. No. Those are great. This is all going into where I'm go where I'm where I am headed to, you know. Even even in spirit, you know, we're on the same page. So I just want everybody to know. Great. <laughs> so, um, okay. So the whole idea about social social distance distancing, it's a, it's a mess of mouthful. I don't even I can't even pronounce it without getting tongue tied. Um, so I wanted to just speak to, you know another layer of like vulnerable citizens and I want to talk about the people who are not only poor but who are also homeless right so there's a lot of people in you know the US or in around the world who don't have a place to live like are considered homeless by the definition by the experience you know by the dynamic of their lives and the way that they go about living don't have a place to stay. They don't have a residency. You know what I'm saying? They don't have an address. They are kind of roaming from place to place, whether it be like couch surfing, whether it be like, you know, trying to get a bed at a shelter, whether it be sleeping on the streets. And for a lot of those people also, you know, communal living is very important. It's very, um, you know, essential to their survival. So those individuals, you know, kind of, being together, you know, um, is, is essential to how they, how they get by, you know what I'm saying? And maybe three or four of them did, did, you know, stick together and roam mm-hmm. together to help find resources, pull together resources, you know, help each other, you know, find places can tell them, you know, where they can go get help and where they can go get assistance. And mm-hmm. so this idea about, you know, them distancing themselves or isolating themselves from each other is not necessarily a, um, it's not going to be easy for them. You know what I'm saying? It's a privilege for you to be able to isolate yourself in a space and not necessarily be around each other. And even with people who are, who are not homeless, let's say, but you live in a, a one or two or even three bedroom home, but it's seven or eight of y'all in one dwelling, you know what I'm saying? You are, in fact, unable to distance yourself from the people in which you share these spaces. You know what I'm saying? And it's a lot of people uh, that's living like that. It's a lot of homeless people that don't have a place. You know, when you people talk about ways in which you can prevent the spread of this virus, they don't have the opportunity to wash their hands 7, 8, 9, 10, 20, 30, 50, 70 times a day. You know what I'm saying? They're struggling to take a bath or struggling to brush their, their teeth. They're struggling to have basic hygienic, you know, their basic hygienic needs met. So the advice that these the people are constantly pushing on us is very, very much so in tune and set up for and applicable to people who have the privilege to exercise those things. It is not applicable to people who don't have basic human rights like soap and water, food, clothes, shelter, you know what I'm saying, and the availability or those things readily available to them like some of us may have. And so for me, it's very disheartening and puts me in a very weird headspace to think about Folks out in the community who are essentially left, 
You know what I'm saying? I don't see no initiative about homeless people. And I'm talking about homeless people, people without shelter. This includes veterans, women, children, you know what I'm saying, babies, people that are disabled once again, you know, folks that don't really even, who don't have access to internet, people who can't read, you know what I'm saying? You talking, you, you talking about campaigns that are written, you know what I'm saying, in English or even in any other language and folks out here can't even read and you want them to be able to exercise what? To prevent the virus or what? Or the spread of what virus? Like, I just think about the, those people who are essentially discarded and those most of those people are black and brown people, people of color, and how the fact that there is no initiative for them to be cared for or to be helped for or to be assisted is what's causing the high um, death rates from this virus, you know. And just real quick, you know, there was uh, the, uh, a couple of days ago, I just kind of read some of these reports about African-Americans dying disproportionately from the coronavirus. And, you know, they mentioned it's because of some of these pre-existing uh, conditions, diabetes, you know, hypertension, high cholesterol, so on and so forth. But um, I also wonder what, you know, what amount of, 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 of those deaths are also just from people who don't have access, you know, to typical infrastructural, you know, health care um, or, you know, like I said, basic needs. They say that, like, I think in Wisconsin, Chicago, Louisiana, you know, the African, African-Americans are dying at 70%, like a 70% rate from this when they make up a, such a small portion um, of the population. And, you know, all of those things put me in a very weird headspace and it makes me very, very, very sad, but also very anxious to, um, you know, to discuss this more and like see what I can do to help, to like assist. You said into just one word, racism. Yeah. Um, man, this we, this virus is okay. Well, I see this right here. A pre-existing condition, like you talked about earlier, one one of the pre-existing conditions is racism, and in, in particular, environmental racism. You know, we're talking about communities who have been forced to deal with, like, environmental issues for uh, decades and decades, you know what I'm saying? Well, why do we have respiratory issues in this community? Well, maybe because you didn't want to put the plant, the chemical plant, in this side of town, because that's where all the white people live in, and that was a suburban area. But you pick the area where it's most populated with black and brown people, and you stick the plant right over there, and then you make them depend on having jobs in that community because they can't really work anywhere else in the city or the community, but they're forced to uh, make that also a form of income and risk their life day in and day out going in and out of there just to pay their bills, but they put their health at risk every day too just to pay their bills. And so you got these communities that have a lot of people who have got cancer that deal with like people who have asthma. You got areas in these communities where, you know, People talk about food deserts all the time. It's like food deserts. Yeah, I mean, you can go find somewhere to get your food. You go get your groceries. Well, if I got the choice between shopping at 
what's that place that just opened up? Uh, Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. Or we even see it. I mean, we're not stupid. We know the Kroger in Southwest don't look like the Kroger on Cantrell. You know what I'm saying? We know the, the, we can go into the meat department and smell the meat. Smells a lot different over here and there. You know what I'm saying? But when you, even when you have a grocery store, that's what, like, that's a, a uh, should be something that's a right to have in the community. But it's like a, it's turned into a privilege. And so when you don't have a grocery store in the community, where did you get the majority of your food from? Well, maybe now I got to go shop and buy fast food all the time. Or I have to go get food from the corner store. And what they got, ramen noodles, hot Cheetos, you know, all types of stuff that's unhealthy, but, you know what I'm saying, you just trying to eat. And so you got people dealing with those issues, you know what I'm saying? So it's an environmental racial, racism issue. And that's why one of the things that, like, I hope that after this is all has died down and it's safe to just move around, uh, it's a safer, I'll say, safer to move around and be out in public and stores and restaurants open back up. I hope people find them a cause that they can spend some of their time and dedicate it to. I know some of that sh- that stuff is boring, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, talking to people about stuff all the time and trying to get them to hear your issues and talking to these legislators and these elected officials and different constituents and people in the community, but finding the cause, because I guarantee you there's a racial aspect to every cause that you can think of, whether it be education, this is affected education, this is affected education, economic justice is affected that, it's affected uh, uh, voting, it's affected elections, it's affected environment, civil rights, uh, any issue that you can think of, there's a racial equity component to it that is affected. And if you are somebody that is black, uh, Hispanic, part of the Latinx community, part of the Asian community, people of color, whatever, communities of color, whatever you want to call it, if you fall somewhere in between those, those uh, in one of those ethnic groups or whatever, find you a cause that's directly impacted your community and spend some time to get people in, uh, together and inform on the issues because this is honestly the best and the worst time to educate people. It's the worst time because it's happening right now, so you can't even prepare them for them. You got to just basically, hey, you, it, it's, it's like it's like taking a kid to, to their first basketball practice ever and they ain't never picked up a basketball. You just throwing them in there. It's like getting swimming lessons and just getting thrown in the pool. You just got to find out in the midst of everything. So that's it's the worst in that sense, but it's, it's the best time because, you know what I'm saying, you're going to have so much access to information and people are going to be willing to talk and actually be, you know what I'm saying, receptive so that if something happens again, you know, maybe we'll be better prepared. So it's a catch-22 in the situation. But this is definitely environmental racism, and anytime that it affects people that are not white more than anybody else disproportionately, <laughs> racism. That's all it is, you know what I'm saying? Because we, we are the most vulnerable, we are oppressed, and we're ill-equipped to take on these type of, this type of crisis without no assistance and no preparation. Yeah. So, 
Agreed. And a few other things real quick, because one of the things that kind of boil, boils my blood is, you know, even 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 the whole point about, you know, social distancing and staying from home and staying at home. You know, one of the frustrating things is that I know and, you know, you know, and I don't know, maybe a lot of maybe maybe some other people know, but not a lot of people have the opportunity to work from home. And so I believe they say about like 30, less than 30% of people have the ability to work from home. And when I mean ability, I mean that you have a company that is allowing you to do such a thing, but then also you have the dynamics at your home and, you know, meaning like internet, you know, access to, you know, a computer and things like that to be able to, you know, help you to do your job. And so for me, I think that spoke to a lot of people's privilege. And that was very frustrating to hear over and over and over this whole idea about staying at home and being at home and staying, you know, staying away from people. And it's, and for me, it, when you talk about white flight, it also felt sort of like, you know, you know, white angst <laughs> as well when it's just like, oh no, the corona's gonna get me if y'all don't stay at home. <laughs> you know, don't come out of your house and like I'm gonna retreat back to my house because I have internet access and I have a MacBook Pro and you know I have a headset and I could talk and take a Zoom call, you know, and I have the 4G network and I have the fastest, highest speed internet with AT&T and Xfinity and it's just <laughs> Like, just feel like, yo, if you don't shut your privilege ass up, dog, a lot of us are do not have the ability to do what it is that you are talking about. A lot of us is foreign for us to talk about. You you can take a conference call at your house. Most people are required to get in that car, drive across town, sit, you know, in an office in a cubicle and conduct their job from that space. And if you don't show up, you ain't got no job. You know what I'm saying? And so that was another frustrating thing. And when you talk about lessons learned, I want everybody, you know what I'm saying, to be able to understand their level of privilege, especially when it comes to crisis and crisis management. You know what I'm saying? Some of us have the opportunity to work for ourselves and we're entrepreneurs and we don't have to, you know, go into an office every day and we get it. But it's not that that's not your time to, you know, wag your finger and point at the next person and say, well, you should have been an entrepreneur. You know what I'm saying? This ain't really the time to be telling people to take your stimulus check and start a business. This ain't the time to do that, dog. You know what I'm saying? If you want to be helpful and if you want to be useful to people, like you said, educate them. When I got a when I got a different kind of job and a different kind of world opened up to me, one of the things I encouraged my friends and my family to do was to go look up and apply for jobs at the same entity in the same space where I worked, if they so choose, if they so chose to do that. But if that wasn't their calling to do that, then wag my finger in their face and tell them they should be doing X, Y, Z. Nobody should be doing nothing right now. We're trying to figure out how to freaking survive the next hour and the next day. You know what I'm saying? Nobody should be doing nothing right now but to be concerned about their friends and their families and their loved ones, especially if the people that fall through that category are living on the margins of society. Nobody should be doing nothing right now. 
but figuring out how you going to take your next breath if you or how you going to, you know, how you going to push past this level of anxiety without picking up a drug or a goddamn bottle of something if you are a a recovering addict. Because that's the space people is in right now. Nobody should be doing nothing right now but figuring out how they gonna live and take their next breath without contemplate without contemplating taking their own life. All right, that's all you got to do right now. And if you are a person listening to the sound of my voice or the sound of Osiris's or Bali's voice, if you all you got to do is sit in your bed and lay and cry because you are uncertain or you are anxious and you don't want to fall back into something that you feel like you move past. That's all you got to do for the next three months or however long we're gonna be in this predicament. You have space. To do whatever it is within your power to keep yourself sane. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's frustrating to see people who uh, got to the point in life or have always been at this point in life where they just disconnected from the reality of what's going on in society. I mean, years ago, I, you know, uh, I was... I, I'll start with saying this. I, I respect people who are entrepreneurs and who got the courage to get out there and become entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs, I'm sorry. But, I mean, years ago, I mean, a couple years ago, uh, Dame Dash, one of the founders of Rockefeller Records, did this interview where he said, he told everybody, you need to be you need to be a boss. You know what I'm saying? He don't respect you if you ain't a boss. And, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I had an issue with that because everybody can't be a damn boss. <laughs> everybody can't be an entrepreneur. Agreed. <laughs> you are not independent. You okay. depend on so many people yeah. that you don't even realize you depend on that you can't even be a boss technically because you ain't running everything. You depending on people. So while you're talking down to the, you know what I'm saying, to the person who lost their job or can't go work for the phone company right now because, you know, they had to lay so many people off because people ain't buying phones and stuff like that. But that person, you depend on that person for your service so that you can get your text messages, so you can conduct your business, so you have internet access and check your email. Literally, what we found out is we're talking about people now who have been coined with the term essential workers. Right. Well, guess what? Everybody's essential. Everybody's essential. And so they've coined certain people with essential, but all I can tell you is everybody's essential because all it takes is for one person, business to shut down, to put throw a wrench into your operations as an entrepreneur. So, you know what I'm saying? We got to have compassion for everybody and, you know what I'm saying, not be, you know, pointing the finger like, you should have did this, you should have did that. This whole world is like, works on what people have to have jobs where you may consider them like not as skilled as what you do, but guess what? It has to be done. I, I know millionaires who pull up to McDonald's and expect to get their tea, their cookie, they fries or whatever. They apple pie because they love it. Apple pie or whatever. And 
if you want, if, if don't nobody want to do that job, then guess what? McDonald's don't exist. And then that's a billion trillion dollar corporation that don't exist because ain't nobody trying to drop the fries and make a burger because I can't be a boss if I'm doing that. Right. And not to mention the stuff that McDonald's do for the community. I mean, I ain't, I ain't capping for McDonald's like that. Man, I don't eat but, no McDonald's. I was just, that was just an example. But, McDonald's will go down to the to the community center in Chicago and recruit some people to help them get a job anyway. I mean, but everybody's essential. And, you know what I'm saying, you can't be mad because people was doing jobs, you know what I'm saying, working jobs that had to shut down. Because, like I say, even the you feel it, it's... It, you, you like to go to your Taco Tuesday place. But guess what? They can't serve these tacos on Tuesday because they can't have nobody come up in there and eat them. And then they ain't got enough people to hire somebody to cook tacos all day on Tuesday and just deliver them on the curb. So they didn't laid off half the kitchen staff just because of that. Just because. There ain't nobody up in there buying tacos like that no more because they sit at the home make, house making their own tacos. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's so many, it's so many different points of separation in these arguments right here and it's all coming back to like it's connecting everybody it is so if there's anything people take away from this it's just like be compassionate you know what i'm saying reach out to somebody see if you can help them you know check on your loved ones people that you know are struggling with things like addiction or just like thoughts of loneliness or even like you know like i mentioned suicide like just check on your people don't you know, scold them and, you know, don't judge them and just, you know, help them see how you can support them, especially in this day and time, you know, because really what we, all we really got right now, like really seriously, even though it sounds kind of weird because we ain't around each other, but all we got right now is each other because it's very clear that the government don't care about us. And if that was, if that wasn't clear before, it should be very clear right now, very much so. The corporations don't care about us. Jobs and companies, you know, that give you a praise. You could be employee of the month tomorrow, and then you ain't got no job the next day, you know. So just think about that, you know. Check on your loved ones, your friends, your family. Like, reach out to people that you care about and let them know you're they're not alone. <laughs> okay, I'm ready for shenanigans. Oh man, shenanigans! Ooh, stop with the shenanigans! <laughs> I feel like you got plenty, plenty, plenty of shenanigans. Can we start? I know we talked about how people don't have the opportunity to do this, but are you working from home right now? Yeah. <laughs> Doing and I'm doing work all the time. So have you found that your have you found that your working hours, like your labor hours, have increased or decreased, or what's what's that experience like? Um, honestly, man, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I kind of feel like that because it's like I felt like I had more time when I was leaving to go to an office, like three to five days a week, and you know, working at a slower pace. But now everybody kind of like in a rush now. Like we got to do this. And now this week, you know what I'm saying? The top, the prep time to do stuff now has just like decreased. And what has increased mm. is like emails, man. It's like, man, like my 
emails have, I think, tripled. No and, way. Man, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. I just spend, like, like most of my day gets spent, like, scrolling through emails and seeing what they saying. <laughs> and seeing what, and seeing, like, what, what, what training are they talking about? What meeting are they talking about? What Zoom are they talking about? What Google Hangout are they talking about? Like, <laughs> like, t- like that, along with, like, people just wanting to check on you. And so, like, people, like, calling more now because they can't come talk to you. They mm-hmm. text them on. And so, like, I feel like, man, like, I could get a whole lot more done if this stuff was, like, not in, like, rush mode because it's, like, everybody want to have a Zoom meeting. Everybody. You know yes. what I'm saying? It used to be supposed to be, like, hey, man, let's 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 grab lunch one, one day and meet up and let's, let's talk. All right, cool. I'm going to look at my calendar and I'm going to, you know what I'm saying, see when we can have lunch. And then I would hear them back, like, three weeks later. Hey, I see you today. Remember we said we was going to have lunch? I got a couple of days right here being blocked off, and then we would meet like that. Now stuff been like, can you talk today? Can we? I'm like, 30 minutes. Hey, are you available in 30 minutes? I'm like, man. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, we've been talking all, we've been talking like all last year about me. Now all of a sudden it's like, man. And it's like, like I say, it's a lot of work-related stuff, but it ain't like, it ain't even like all my coworkers doing that. It's just people like wanting to partner up and collaborate and trying to and trying to like rush and throw stuff together to like get work done. And it's just like, man, I'm like, man, what are y'all? Man, the shenanigans, yeah, the shenanigans. <laughs> like, man, we 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 can still work, but we ain't gotta work. Like, we ain't got to pull something off in 48 hours, do we? Really? You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm like, I'm still like returning people's text messages and calls from like days ago. Dang. Like, yeah, man, because I can't, like, I don't have time to get off this phone call and get to that phone call. I still got to do stuff in between that. And then I got to eat. Mm. I got stuff that I got to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. The world ain't stopped. Life, haven't, life had, hadn't ended here. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, I just, I think people need to, like, you know, take it down a couple of levels. You know what I'm saying? It's like, man, I know we trying to work, but like, man, you can't make man, you know what I'm saying? You trying to put me on warp speed. Hey, you know, take it down another level, please. Take it down another level. <laughs> yeah. I, feel- I don't think people realize how, look, I don't think people realize how emails are just so, can be so inconvenient. They're times. vacuous, yes. Man, it's like when you talking to like when you send an email out to ten to twenty people and you don't blind carbon copy nobody, you put everybody in CC and two, and people <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on, man, and y'all ain't writing like sentences. Y'all be writing paragraphs, paragraphs yeah. with links. Yeah. And check this out, and I got this. I'm like, man, and you want me to read through that, and y'all, and it's a continuous conversation, like on going on, like it's a living email thread. Like, come on, man, y'all gotta stop, man. And I, and I, and I think that some of that come out of boredom. I'm like, you mm-hmm. been out bored, not being able to talk to nobody. So now you got all this conversation with people, man. Son, you got to chill. So a few things. 
a few every <laughs> sermon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a few things. They say that your pro- productivity goes up actually when you work. So what you probably are experiencing is, you know what I'm saying, just this higher level of productivity, quote unquote. I don't know. You know, I ain't trying to throw nobody under the bus. But what I'm what I'm thinking is they could have like everybody could just be ex- like exceptionally productive at this day and time because they say that their productivity goes up when you work from home. Now I have lots of experience working from home. My last job, I spent two and a half years all day, like all day, every day for two and a half years working from home. Um, but this is this time around the work from home dynamic is very very different. I would agree. One of the things that bothers me for sure is, so we don't have Zoom. Our people jump on Teams, but it's like we having like, at the minimum, we're having three Teams meetings a day. And I just be looking like, y'all ain't really got that much stuff to talk about on no Teams meeting, number one. Number two, stop asking me to turn on my camera because I'm just going to say something real crazy. So, The first time they asked me to turn on my camera, I told them I wasn't wearing no pants. Like, on the, you know, I broadcasted that I ain't had no pants on, on the conference call. But it was true. I wasn't wearing no pants because I'm not wasting no pants during quarantine. All I'm walking around and wearing is my underwear and a t-shirt. And that's it. If you wash your clothes every day, you at home at this moment. <laughs> Working from home, not doing nothing. That is, that is, you know what? You're a wasteful person. <laughs> You're wasting. Not wasting. <laughs> you, waste, you, you, you wasting water, you wasting detergent, all that type of stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Like, I'm going to say something about that camera stuff, too, but go ahead. Okay. I told them straight up I'm not wearing no pants. Stop asking me to get on camera. Then somebody else asked me to get on camera, and I was like, listen, y'all seen my, y'all know what my face look like. You have seen my face many a times. I'm not getting on camera. Stop asking me. But in reality, I was on the toilet using the bathroom. And... So I had picked up my computer and like walked into the bathroom and I was listening to the call, but I had to use the bathroom. I'm all in Nick Cannon because you be wilding out. <laughs> <laughs> then the other day I was on the conference call and guess what I did? No, I fell asleep. <laughs> I was laid out. I had laid down on the couch. Like, I stretched my whole body out on this couch. All this body on my couch. And, dog, I fell asleep. And then at the end of the conference call, like, I heard them say, like, do anybody got any questions? And I was like, OMG, I slept through, like, half of this conference call. Like, what is y'all over here talking about on this thing? Shenanigans, probably, as you put it. Shenanigans. Man, 
I'm gonna tell you something real quick. People need to get off that camera stuff. <laughs> you know, uh, the the good thing about the Zoom meeting is you can just use computer audio or you can call in from your phone. Yes. To do these meetings. It don't have to be a thing where the people have cameras and everything like that. One, people are at home. They got some people got children, some people got husbands, some people got grandchildren, some people got pets. <laughs> Man, they might be running around in the background, all type of stuff. They, I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's an invasion of privacy because guess what? When I signed up for the job, I didn't invite y'all to come to my house. I told y'all I was going to come to the to the office. <laughs> so I didn't invite y'all to the house. So, they, right. you know, I was on one Zoom call and somebody was like, yeah, um, Next time we do the Zoom call, we should do a Zoom Zoom bingo. So I was like, what that mean? Oh, it's just if everything you see in people's backgrounds, you have to mark off on the bingo sheet. No. Bingo. I was like, I, I didn't say nothing, but but the next call got off. And I was like, you're not going to get on video? I said, nope, because I'm not playing Zoom bingo with y'all. I don't get to look at my background. Focus on what I've got to say. Everybody started laughing. I was like, don't, don't let me have to repeat myself. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was saying in my head. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, when I got this job, I didn't ask y'all to come to my house. Y'all asked me to come to y'all, come to the office. You know what I'm saying? But that's just inconsiderate. Very. Especially now, you know what I'm saying? Like, I look at it as an issue. It should be more of an issue, and I'm not trying to be funny, but it should be more of an issue for women to be on these Zoom calls right now. Women, they go to work. I mean, most most women are, you know what I'm saying, doing their hair up before. I think the preparation for a woman going to work is a whole lot more preparation for the man going to work. Yeah. Women doing up their hair, putting on makeup, you know what I'm saying, you know, the, the bl- making sure the blouse is looking good, all that type of stuff. You don't have to do that right now. No. You don't have to strip. That don't have to be some part of your daily routine to get prepared for work. And especially for all of these uh all the cosmetic services is being suspended. Been closed. You mm-hmm. can't even go to the hair salon. You can't go to the nail shop. Uh, you can't go see your makeup artist. Probably if, if, if you go see that person or whatever, and you can't go see your hairstylist. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think the the, the bit, like, if, and then you know, what I'm saying, ain't nothing wrong with ha- not having to go do all that stuff and saving that money right now. But you know, to put that extra burden on yourself, you're like, but well, you can't get that assistance. And telling you to wake up and look like you've been doing the whole year so far, I mean, you know, that's kind of, that's inconsiderate. And men, you know what I'm saying? We can't go to the bar shop right now, Mm-mm. which means we can't go get our line up. We can't go get our shade unless you got that type of skill and can do that at home by your own self. But like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, you, if I'm used to having that crisp line and, you know what I'm saying, my, my beard lined all up and stuff like that, do I really want people to see me, you know what I'm saying, looking like uh, No Shame November right now? <laughs> I'm just saying. And then, but, I, but, I'm a, but, but then on a serious note. Yes. On a, on a very serious note, dealing with people. And dealing with people and children in their circumstances, asking them to have that video on. I know you, on Zoom you could do the video screen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but a lot of people laugh at it like that's funny. But like, guess what? As a director, as the boss, as the president, as the VP, as the CEO, or the, you know, what I'm saying COO or whatever, 
your living situation is not going to be the same situation as mm. your student yeah. or the person that's the coordinator. Or your intern. Or your intern, all mm-hmm. that type of stuff. So that background is a way to protect themselves because everybody doesn't have that same privilege to have to live in that same environment. Everybody ain't got no office in their house. That's and true. And they're set up in the light and everything like that. Everybody ain't, you know what I'm saying? Everybody ain't got as much space as you. So they got some clutter back there. You know what I'm saying? That they don't want people to see. And so it's ignorant, arrogant, and inconsiderate sometimes for people to be like, well, turn on your camera, do this. Especially if you're talking to a child. That's, that's very inconsiderate. Like, you know what I'm saying? Teachers, I hope teachers, and big shout out to all the teachers that continue to help the students with their education and everything through, throughout this process for schools closed. But please leave y'all students alone about that camera and them backgrounds because they really don't have a say so in none of their living situations. You know what I'm saying? If if they happen to have that laptop, that might be the one piece of elect. That might be the one electronical device yeah. they have, <clears throat> and the rest of everything is just whatever they can, whatever they just got. And so, like you know, what I'm saying it might not be the best looking living situation, and they don't want people to see that. So you know, what I'm saying people got to chill on the whole camera thing. I know people want to see people and stuff like that. Hey, I'm a, all I'm going to ask you to do, hey, you know, check on your memory bank. If you remember what I looked like the last day I was in the office or the last time you saw me, I, I look somewhat close Still look still. like that. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't, it ain't, it's not that important. Get what you got to get done and stop lollygagging, worrying about seeing somebody face and all that type of stuff. Same thing with these students. Everybody ain't got internet access. Yeah. That ain't, that's that's a luxury. It's that's a, a luxury. Privilege. It's a privilege. If it ain't, make it essential and stop charging us for it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like for mm. real. If you assume that every child got to do their work online right now, provide free internet for them. Cause my internet started acting up, and I was finna start acting up. Yeah, man. And so, like, you know, just realize that, like, everybody, everybody don't want to. Everybody don't want to. That ain't fun to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. You got a job. Stop worrying about what somebody's house look like and what they look like right now. And some of, us, some of us some <laughs> of don't want to see your face neither. So there's some you might want to turn off your camera. And then real talk. Some of these, let's just keep it real. A lot of y'all weren't even doing zone meetings. <laughs> I, before this, I was doing conference calls. <laughs> and in-face meetings and one-on-ones and stuff right. like that. Y'all, Perfectly fine. And you could really scale back on the conference calls, too. 
Like, Man. you ain't got that much to talk to me about, I promise. Understand you stuck at the house with your kids and your husband, but you those are the things you chose for your life. <laughs> hey, <laughs> can't blame your life if you chose it. Because <laughs> listen, I have neither, <laughs> so I can't relate. <laughs> you, you can't blame your life if you chose it. Okay, that was your choice, man. You're my business, man. Yo, my coworkers love calling me complaining about their husband and their children. And I just be like, the one, the last time somebody did that, I was like, oh, shoot. Girl, I got another conference call. Uh, girl, I got yeah. somebody. Girl, I got to go. I got another meeting. If you got that much to complain about, I'd suggest you set up a, a conference call in your house with all the people that live up in there, your little broke friends and your partner. Yeah. Y'all sit down and y'all handle y'all business and square that out because hey, ain't nobody trying to have no shoulder to lean on like that. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> That's the life you chose. <laughs> that is the life you chose. So you okay, know anyway. what you say? I say anyway. Oh, okay. So outside of work, um, working from home and like you know keeping your own sanity. Have you been getting into the the IG live parties and like the battles and stuff like that? Nope. Oh. Nope. 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 Oh. Me neither. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah. Nah. Like, like, for real. Like, I think like people don't understand, man. Like, everybody that know me, uh, I guess they don't really just. I, I know a lot of people, but a lot of people, and a lot of people know me, but they don't really know much about me sure okay they just know that they run into me in a bunch of places like i'm a social butterfly like i'm always doing something like there's really a day monday through friday throughout the week where i don't make a stop somewhere and do some social activity before i go home Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying a lot of times it ain't even intentional it's basically like running into somebody or you know what i'm saying um just stopping to pick up something and then it's like getting an invite or, you know, impromptu kicking it or getting a random text and a call. It happens like Monday through Friday with me. And so like the IG, the virtual parties, I'm like, man, I never did them before. You know what I'm saying? People have been doing that like, especially like DJs have been going like. Exactly. Live All the Facebook time. And Instagram for years. For years. I know. I'm like, so now people are just that bored. They're like, let's go do a virtual party. And I'm like, y'all know, like, I remember when people first started doing virtual parties. And I do, I got a bunch, like me being a hip hop artist, I got a bunch of homeboys at DJs and producers. Mm-hmm. Man, I would get on there, like, what's up? Shout out to, oh, what up, I'm sorry, Molly, man, shout out. What's up, dude? What you want to hear? Send a request in. They'll play it. I'll hop right back off. Shout out to such and such. <laughs> I would even share it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like now it's like y'all's y'all so crazy that like that just was so appealing and so new to y'all. Like like the first time I heard like DJ D nice, I was like, who is he? Who is he? 
over here. <laughs> Why is he so significant? Because he like was the first one, I guess, that popped off the like the, the club uh, quarantine. The yeah, the club quarantine. That's what it was. And so like, but I love it though. I love it. Like people are being finding other ways to kick it now. Yeah. At home. Yeah. And so like the reason why I like it is because it's like man, like um, some of y'all just was like some real boring people already all the time. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You didn't need like, a self-isolation to be boring. <laughs> man, you was, I'm talking about a boy. Boy, like, <laughs> I'm talking about y'all personalities was like, like when LeBron got in the game, he threw that power up before the game started. Mm. That was your personality. That's how dry your personality was. That powder getting thrown up in the air. My dude. My mm. sister. Mm-hmm. That's how mm-hmm. that's how dry your life was, entertainment wise, socially wise. It's like Osiris. So the fact that you was even engaged as like a DJ. What? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. When it, when it came to like your social activity, I'm talking about sandpaper. That's how dry you was. <laughs> dry. Stop! Stop! Stop it! Stop dry. it! I'm talking about dry. Right, so the fact that y'all was doing it and loving it, I was just like, okay. And then I, people started hitting the share link and putting me. I'm like, no, I'm so straight. I don't need that. Mm-mm. I can DJ over at my crib. I got a bunch of vinyl. Right, me too. Man, I can DJ over here. All the music I got over here, man, I don't need nobody sending me to no virtual DJ party. If I want to go to one, I can go to one. Like I said, I know all the DJs, all the producers that do this stuff. But this was my thing that I like about it because I'm going to get to throw this in people's faces later because all these people that are always talk about it it ain't never nothing to do it ain't never we ain't got nothing to do to mm. I be like y'all I just don't know where to go mm. y'all just so don't know the right people the next time that party be popping and you know what I'm saying they got that flyer and then it gets sent to you you don't want to go do it mm. $10 $15 $20 <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, oh. Ah, okay. So when it was free, it was fun. You had grabbed your bottle of wine, and you was having a good time. Ooh, I had a good time turning up before I was with DJ Sunday. In club quarantine. In club quarantine. But now when they in an actual venue, they got bottle service. You know what I'm saying? They got, they got hors d'oeuvres and appetizers. And they spending four, five hours. You ain't, you ain't trying to support that. I'm going to throw it in your face. I'm for real. I'm talking, I'm going to throw it all the way in your face. Because I always felt like DJs were like some of the most disrespected uh, musicians. Mm. You know what I'm saying? When it came to like events, it's like y'all don't want to pay to go hear nobody DJ. And that's a real art form. It's hard to DJ. Everybody was like, did you hear? Like, you know, people was listening to these DJs talking about how they transitioned from this song to that song and how they mixed these two songs. It's like, do you think it's easy to blend in the beat of one song and then the lyrics of somebody else's song and just do that at the same time? That's not easy. It's it, not. Take, it takes some real effort. Do you think, you know, if you think you can DJ and every time you got to go to the next song, there's some dead airspace in between? Mm-mm. You're not DJing. You're not DJing, buddy. That's con- like DJs, that's music is continuous. That's a playlist is what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. You're just running a playlist, my friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I know 
it's because the little intro to the to the music was at the beginning and you played the whole intro. <laughs> I heard you when you played the next how was it going down and then went to the little skit in the beginning. <laughs> uh, the you sucking? <laughs> Come on, B. <laughs> Who you sucking? <laughs> Comrades, stop all that. Stop I don't shit. know nobody from Yonkers and I ain't been messing with nobody from Yonkers. <laughs> Man, stop with the shenanigans in the skull, edit this so bad because I'm over here hollering when you because <laughs> what's oh, funny because I know the intro to how it's going down like the whole thing it's, it's so I get it I, I know what you're talking you're about gonna stop. you're going to stop over there with that premium Spotify playlist you better stop it okay I'm not going to play alright do I got to holler his name <laughs> yeah, go listen to it oh shit okay y'all please go listen to how it's going down this is an intro because it's gonna you're gonna get your life from that. I'm just saying, we know you're not DJing when you play that whole little intro, okay? Ooh, 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 I almost fell out the couch. No, we know you're not DJing no more when you let that beat fade all the way out. Uh, <laughs> all the way down to the click to the downtone, because it's a downtone in there at the very end. When he hangs up on her, or one of them hangs up on each other, it's the down tone. You done played the wobble, the whole wobble song. The wobble song probably about eight, nine minutes long. You done played that whole song. They just, they just playing the drums and the horns at this ooh, point. Come on now. Ooh, I can't bring <laughs> What are you rolling? You rolling? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Who are you rolling? You know what I'm saying? Oh you, you, ain't, you, you, you ain't DJing. We, we know we just playing Aston Martin. You, you ain't even got Drake verse on there. Come on, man. You got the original verse. You ain't even got the DJ version. Stop it, man. You ain't even downloaded. It's because you didn't download it. See? You didn't download it. You didn't have access. You're not a DJ. So all I'm saying is have some appreciation for these DJs after this club quarantine stuff. Go spend that money and go to the DJ and go support him. Same thing with these uh, producer battles. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. hey, they sitting there playing you all they hits. All they hits that they done produced and songwriters and anything like that. Have some appreciation for it, man. You know what I'm saying? Think about downloading some of that music. Think about going to see them in concert now. Stop tripping off the, the ticket price. If you like them, you like them. Now, if you don't like them, then the ticket price going to always be an issue. But, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to drop that breath where I really want to see, for sure. Right. So, so give some respect to the people like that, because they didn't put on a whole lot of free entertainment. I seen Teddy Riley call some slap. Yeah, he, he was did. Like, yeah, he was like, you want me to do it, man? Pay $10 or whatever. And, you know, hey, that's his, that, that was his price. You don't want to pay it, you ain't got to pay it. Because everybody ain't supposed to be entertaining you for free. That's, that's what people forget. Like, they think entertainment is free. Entertainment is not free. I'm gonna tell you why. Because if entertainment supposed to be free doing this quarantine stuff right now, then I'm gonna need you to demand Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Showtime, with stars, all these people, Epic, all these all these people, Epics. I need you to demand them to cancel your monthly subscription until this quarantine is over with, and but demand the service still. Hey. Yeah, so I I think I literally agree with everything you're saying from the top. If I can recap, 
notes? Yeah, I've been taking notes. Wow, look at you. From the top. Home stenographer. <laughs> For me, it's a big... The club quarantine was kind of weird. One, because I had always been paying attention to the DJs. But also because, two, I have... Ever since I've, like can remember i've been having like solo dance parties by myself like all like all the time like i would just bust out into dance like by myself like in my room when i was in with my parents and then like just randomly at the grocery store or you know just wherever i am i'll be dancing in, in my cubicle so i have solo dance parties all the time alone i didn't need self-isolation to experience dancing you know, at the drop of a dime for no reason at all. Um, I did, I did, and I do still appreciate the art of DJing. So, like, back in 2016, so, like, four years ago, I actually started to learn how to DJ. I don't know if you remember this. I think I told you this. Yeah, I remember. Okay, I started to DJ and was, like, learning. Shout out to um, DJ Mall, who was, like, the person that helped me learn or tried to help me learn how to DJ, I didn't really get very far because I was learning on vinyl and because I, I like specifically told him I wanted to learn on vinyl. Oh man, that's, 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 that's some real work right there. Yeah, I was learning on blank vinyl and I have videos of me like trying to scratch. So first the scratching thing was kind of difficult, but the thing that tripped me up the most was the blending. That mm -hmm. shit was hard. And... I actually had an ear for it. Like, I could match up the beats, number one. Another thing I could do is I could pick out samples. So, like, whenever I heard a song, I could, like, register the sample. Like, and I was really good at that. Like, it kind of surprised me. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this song sounds familiar. And then I would, like, listen to it, and I could figure out where they got the sample from. And so that was something that I was like, I actually like doing this. I want to learn how to DJ. But, like, the blending thing, I never got around to doing it. I still think about, like, picking it up often just kind of as a hobby, like something I just want to do for myself just to learn. But, you know, I don't have the equipment and stuff like that, so I would have to start from scratch. Um, the last thing that I want to talk about is the, the fact that people – or actually, it's two things. The first thing is that you and I have always been advocates of, like, local events, you know, especially when it comes to, like, a, 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 the artist collective space. Like, people, you know, musicians and, you know, whether it's, like, poetry or theater or, you know, street festivals or whatever. We have always been an advocate to, you know, to promote these events you know, push people out to these events, encourage folks to come and pay, you know what I'm saying, to participate in these uh, opportunities to, you know, help these, uh, this the artist collective, you know, that's here in the city. And so, you know, we ain't gonna never stop doing that. And to your point about people talking about how ain't nothing going on in the city, now you stuck in your house and what you want to do is you want to get on the internet and tell you and all your homies to meet you off on Asher on a Sunday and you know y'all y'all wreak havoc over down there off of University and Colonel Glenn and y'all carrying on. Over there you upset him and the police chief. Y'all up there upsetting these officials. And when we had, we, we told y'all a year ago to get out the house and come fool with us at all these various events around 
the CD. Um, and so, you know, that's your bad. So maybe like you said, when this is over and I like I know we talked about pointing fingers at people, but you know, y'all y'all are the ones saying that y'all need stuff to do. And so we didn't told we told y'all there's things, there's plenty of things to do, you just didn't want to come. Yeah. Um so, yeah. Yeah, that was very disappointed. Because I was like, you know, man, you know, I know people want to get out and go have fun. I get it. But, uh, man, I mean, come on now. Uh, we ain't had a strip down here and I don't know how long when people just went and rode the strip around. Caravan. ride like that no more. So for people all of a sudden just wanting to ride, I was just like, you know what, man, y'all not that boy. Y'all just making excuses. Y'all just want to wreak havoc. Oh, yeah. Y'all want to. Um, and, be, and, and be funny. And then put it all on social media. And oh I, my I, that's why I just say all the time now, man. I mean, hey, y'all just love snitching on y'all selves. Because uh, I'm glad we stopped wearing them stop stitching shirts. Because everybody's <laughs> been dry stitching on themselves. Like, y'all just keep going. Yeah. As, soon as, y'all, as soon as y'all get to breaking the laws and all type of ordinances, y'all just, first thing y'all want to do is, hey, we, uh, we, 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 we right over here. And, uh, <laughs> 3216 Asher Avenue. It's 414 in the afternoon, and we out here. Come on out here. We breaking the law. We want y'all to come out here, too. The police on their way. And the police come down there and break up. Who's over here telling everybody? Well, you know, hey, y'all just share that on Snapchat, Instagram, and Facebook. Come on now. All social media platforms. If you don't know that the feds is on social media, now I'm telling you right now. But, uh, you know what I'm saying? Y'all made a few to do that, so I was, like I said, it's all just over with.
think about how many times you saw people out there going to purchase drinks and taking them out, even in the wintertime. They do it on Bill Street 24 7, 365. They do. I never saw it, but I also feel like we had it. a lot. Oh, you saw it? I, I was in the entertainment district when people finally got to do it that first weekend, but after about a month and a half, it was over with. People weren't thinking about that no more. I feel like there were a lot of restrictions to that, though. You had to buy the drink and get it in a plastic cup at the um, at the place, and you had to uh, stay within a certain parameters in the entertainment district downtown, which basically meant you couldn't go no further than from President Clinton Ave down there where Red Room is. You could go up to the second street up there by where uh oh what's the what's the next block up? Next block up is like basically right behind the library and the parking lot to be in that area. You could take it up to like Dugan's now, I might even say faster. I might even but no, nah, I think it's just up to Dugan. But you didn't really see it. Mm. People still going inside drinking. They, but they didn't want to hang out, walk around the river market. No, I feel like you have, I feel like the dynamic wasn't there. Like with Bill Street, I think it's a little more like pomp and circumstance. You know what I'm saying? They got bands and stuff. The music is loud enough where you can hear it outside. I mean, who wants to just be walking up and down the President Clinton? I mean, now, don't get me wrong, because, you know, now I take a drink anywhere. I don't really necessarily need an environment for a cocktail or two. So, that, but that's just me. But for everybody else, you know what I'm saying? Like, the feel, like, think about when you go to New Orleans, even. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's so much stuff happening where you don't have to be, like, the party is outside. Like, you would almost be crazy to take a drink inside when the party is outside. You got the second line. You got people on the, like, you got street entertainment. You got shenanigans going on with people falling over drunk and throwing up and, you know, all the carrying so on is going. The city could have took advantage of that because they got a whole stage down there. Yeah. They got a park down there. You know what I'm saying? It's multiple corners set up. You know what I'm saying? When people got space and they sit up down there and play music, they got people still do that every weekend. Right. Yeah, that shoe shine, that shoe shine man, he DJ every day. He's nice, little, too. He's very nice. generator. He be trying to shine everybody, everything. Like, he just don't do shoes. He be don't trying to, anything that's leather or leather-esque. Oh, yeah. He be trying to get you together. Oh, uh, yeah. What you call it? Uh, Jay Lekonic said that's the inspiration for the shiny shoe suit theory. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway. So, one other thing before we move on. Please, you know what I'm saying, like Bali mentioned, Teddy Riley, which I don't necessarily agree with, want to charge people $10 for him to do the battle. And, you know, I will not be watching because, you know, hashtag who is Teddy Riley. As a matter of fact, Randall. Hashtag you can Google and play all this stuff on YouTube if you want to. Hashtag Randall calling him Teddy Pendergrass, which is another, like, a very different story. But he asked me like four times. He asked me four times if I'm watching Teddy Pendergrass in Babyface. Man, Randall. Randall, I'm going to tell you something, bro. I appreciate your support on this show and everything. Brother, Teddy Pendergrass is dead. Is dead. Be dead. Teddy Pendergrass has has long been gone away, okay, brother? (laughs) Um, and then Teddy Riley can't even sing nowhere near close to Teddy Pendergrass. Okay, brother. Hashtag who is Teddy Riley? And I like Teddy Riley. Like I, I, I saw him perform recently with uh, Black Street. 
last year, actually, as a matter of fact. And I almost passed out because it was a great performance. Like, I really enjoyed myself. But hashtag who is Teddy Riley? Like, $10 for you to... Anyway, if you would, if you so choose to spend $10 to watch Teddy Riley, you should do that. I have been yeah, spending... Yeah, everybody spend money on what they want to spend money on. Exactly. And I, for one, have, you know, spent, you know, a total of $3 watching, you know, my fave, Miss Erica Badu, perform um, with her live interactive... Um, concert series, which I really enjoy because she doesn't use Instagram or Facebook. She uses her own, her very own platform, and it's a it's an interactive show. So people can not only chat, you know, but they can also vote uh, about like what songs they want to hear next. And this last um, concert, she had different rooms, and so she named the rooms, and we can decide which room we wanted to see her perform in. And so that to me has been a really cool experience, you know, in, in this, you know, in this very new normal life that we're experiencing. I really enjoyed it. And like, if I will continue to pay money to see her perform and if, if, if somebody else wants to charge me to watch them battle and I'm interested in it, I'll pay for that too. And see, and let me say this right here, then we'll move on okay. and see, because that's the prime example right there of what a lot of people in particular, artists don't know. Yeah. Erica Badu has spent well over a decade connecting with her fan base online. Yeah, she has. She makes it. She she was was all man. She was using Twitter before Twitter was really like even cool for black artists to be using like that. She was using it like that. She was always on Instagram stories. She was always saying stuff online that caught people's attention. She responded to her fans and talked to them. And you know, be like, oh man, she, she like actually say. And then if you ever like run into her, bump into her, like I don't have nobody ever said anything crazy about. Man, I seen her about doing such and such. They be like, she spoke. She was cool. She was chilling. She wasn't acting on some uppity or stuck up stuff. You know what I'm saying? She was doing that. I have literally watched like artists who like been making careers off touring, performing and dropping albums, and not doing any type of online stuff besides like the album's about to drop and the Instagram picture, or share the link to the new album on tweet. Drops on April 26th, and now I, I literally I ain't gonna say the artist's name because you know what I'm saying the artist follow me, mm. <laughs> but he was like he put out a tweet and he was like responding to people that old mentions and stuff he was like yeah i'm doing all right just adjusting and becoming an online artist and this dude been an artist for well over 10 years like you was an artist you became an artist in the age of social media so you ain't you ain't patty labelle you know what i'm saying you ain't you ain't Smokey robinson you literally became an artist when social media was around and so like she gonna get that money. She gonna get that money from her fans and stuff like that. But if you've been this, I don't remember seeing nothing about Teddy Riley online until now. My well, first time ever. Okay, so you tell Randall to stop disrespecting <laughs> Teddy Teddy Pendergrass <laughs> by confusing my by, by by confusing New Jack Swing Teddy Riley. Man, yeah. two different eras of R and B. You know, Teddy Riley was talking about. Pumping and grinding and bumps and bumps in the bumps or whatever the song was called and 
Teddy Pendergrass was talking about turn off the lights, he okay, was. and light a candle. So Randall, Randall, you out of order, Randall. You. We appreciate your support, though. <laughs> Thank you for the the sweatshirts and everything, all the paraphernalia. Yeah. Um. Much obliged. So. We gonna, I guess we gonna kind of, I guess we gonna wrap it up. Is we done? Nah, man. We can come with the next stuff on episode two, I guess. All right. We gotta, we gotta make sure that we record again for the people. So I, I will say that I still, you know, I wanna just, we always give a shout out to our, the people that, you know, listen to us and reach out to us and ask us, you know, when their next episode is going to be. I had a few folks reach out to me and say that they was gonna actually run back some of the old episodes so shout out to y'all for running back the old episodes and we gonna try to be well I would like to be more consistent I don't know if Bali I ain't gonna speak for Bali like that but I'm gonna let him speak for himself yeah you do that <laughs> I speak for myself we gonna get it done we can get it done alright <laughs> it's got to be the new norm so that means and- he that he will not be consistent <laughs> He's all not committed saying, to being consistent, so get All I'm saying, now I can be committed. All I got to say, we, look, right now, this is the only option we got. So we got to have a conversation on the phone. I mean, hey, I'm ready to keep on going and do some more stuff. So you just tell me the date. That's all I can say. Yeah, and we were hoping to change up some things, you know, but I guess we'll have to revisit that. Um, so... I have a four ingredients. Do you got a four ingredients or what you got going on? You can do your four ingredients. I got one over here, but you can do yours. Okay. Well, before we do before we do a four ingredients, I would like to know, you know, what's the first thing you plan on doing um, when outside open up? Because, <laughs> you know, outside is closed right now. So when outside open, what you going to do when outside open? Man, I'm really... Like, I've been enjoying this, and so really what I plan on doing is, like, um, I mean, I'm probably going to do something social or whatever, go check on a few people, holler at a a couple people, you know what I'm saying? But, like, really what I'm looking forward to doing is I'm looking forward to, like, getting rid of a lot of stuff that I, over the years, have not needed and had no use for. I need to clear some space because I need to bring some new energy up in my spot. And so, like, I'm trying to clear some of this stuff out. So as soon as I'm able to be outside and just, you know, get rid of some stuff and move around, that's what I plan on doing, man. That's what I want to spend my first, like, weekend doing, like, like decluttering, I guess. I, mean, so I ain't got no major plans, like, to go do nothing. I'm going to just go wherever. Yeah, I feel like actually right now is, I mean, I don't know when you talk about like purging and getting rid of some things, it may entail more than I I may not might have enough context for that. But for me, I feel like I like you have that same feeling where I want to get rid of things. But like this is for me, this is the prime time to do that. Like this is spring cleaning time. And so, you know, I feel like right now is very opportune for me to just kind of get rid of some stuff and foster in some new energy. And by the time outside open up, I ain't going to be trying to do that. So I'm kind of want to work on doing that now. I mean, cleaning is one thing, but I'm talking about... You're talking about purging. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm like, honestly, this did taught me to just slow down. So, like, really, I ain't really looking... Like, I don't really got no 
real thing I'm really looking forward to just do. Like, I want to start doing the stuff that I was doing already, which That's might fun. be like really fun to other people, but it was just like my normal stuff I was already doing. Like, yeah, you could have found me at happy hour, you could have found me at the live music, you could have found me at the concert, at the play, at the forum discussion, you know, at uh, at a uh, at a uh, uh, sipping sipping wine and art walk or whatever. I was already doing all this stuff, so yeah, I'm gonna pick mm-hmm. all that stuff back up. But the difference is now, it's like when I come home, I'm gonna be able to relax a whole lot more because like this gonna be a, a way more tranquil place than mm-hmm. it was before. Got it. And I've been working on it now, but since I can't just be outside, move around like I used to, then I need to, you know what I'm saying, take advantage of that immediately because I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to make this a place where I just, come crash at 11 o'clock at night and then wake up, go to work, and keep on doing it over and over again. You know, like, I'm looking yeah. forward to getting in the house, being in the house a lot more. I'll say that. Mm, okay. I like that, actually. I can respect that for, like, the slowing down part is really good. I mean, I've talked to a few people about, like, immediately taking a vacation, but I'm kind of like you where I feel like I was always, like, going. I was always in a new place. That was a big part of, you know, just what made me happy, you know, I was very comfortable there. Um, and so I'm not going to stop doing that. Like as long as I have, like as long as I'm able and have the means to do that and have like the spirit and like, you know, the, you know, the want to like explore and learn, you know, the things that I get from just like traveling and going and being places, like as long as I have the will to do that, and like the, am I able bodied to, to do that? Then I will continue to do that. I think for me, like, I miss, like, I just miss like hugs. Like, people ain't really hugging like that right now. Like, I went to go see my parents and my, um, you know, I've been really cautious around them because, you know, they owe and, um, <laughs> <laughs> they will owe. Couldn't even say call them the elders or nothing, huh? No, they owe. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Please don't listen to this episode. My dad, my daddy just learned how to text, and he texted. He just learned how to text me with an emoji a month ago. You know what, what? I'm saying? And my mama be calling me talking about her her Hughes net don't work, which is the internet, and she be she be talking about why is she calling it Hughes net? Cause she owe. What's a huge net? It's the name of her internet service provider. They it's, provide the internet? Listen, she's an old Why individual. She she's in the country. We had this discuss this on a new episode. On another episode. <laughs> but I I'm just in the country. I'm just trying to get your rundown of their experience. All right, go ahead, go they ahead, live in the man. country. They do not have Xfinity. AT&T don't have none of that. They got huge net. And she doesn't understand, you know, megabytes and gigabytes. And so she be running through her megabytes and the internet slows down. And then she want to call the Houston people and fuss at them. And I'll be trying to explain to her that you can't be running through your data like that. Mm, but, because she, <laughs> but because she is old, she does not understand. So anyway, I just drove past their house and you know kind of I told them you know stay back like I just sat outside in the car rolled down the window 
and we we kikied outside the window and I talked to my dad and we laughed about whatever and my mom came to the car and was blowing me kisses and was like, Oh my baby, I just wanna just wanna hug you, baby, baby. It was just like blowing me kisses and I was looking at her like don't come close, like go like give me fifty feet kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? And can you pass me, you know, the mail? I need to get the mail from y'all and then I'm going to be on about my way. So, in any event, I would like to experience. <laughs> and it was less about them. I wasn't worried about them doing anything to me. I was worried about me, you know, giving stuff to them because, you know, they owe. And, and they, you know, they is, you know, they is in a population where... They, they, you know, they're a little more vulnerable than I am. So I just didn't want to take any chances. So they blew kisses at me from the outside of the car. And I rolled my window up and drove off while they did it. And um, I'm just looking forward to hugging people with no worries about, because I love hugs. Like, I'm a hugger. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I want to do. I want to just hug people. People that I love and I like and I know. Not just random people. So, any whoozle, since we have to, you know, in our episode, I would like to name this episode, um, Coronisha LaVirus Jenkins. Why I gotta be Jenkins, man? Williams. Whatever. <laughs> she sound like she played tennis in the hood somewhere. Johnson. She had family, family vacation. Douglas. All right. <laughs> All right. Descended of Douglas. Along with uh, Smith. <laughs> May we name her Coronisha Car- Lavirus Smith. All right. Leaks. Already. More. Can you give her a lack? Can she have your last name? No. <laughs> you, you go ahead and do that, okay? Okay, we either gonna name it Coronisha LaVirus. We gotta find her daddy so we get her, her daddy's last name. Or the shenanigans. Something about shenanigans. All right, I'm going to let you do that. <laughs> okay, so before we end, we want to, um, you know, give give you guys our last, our last segment of the episode. Every episode, we have a segment called Four Ingredients because we're beer snobs and we like to review, um, you know, beers that we either have tried before in the past or ones that we have never tried and want to introduce to you guys. We call it four ingredients because it takes four ingredients to make a really good beer. And the four ingredients are barley, hops, yeast, and water. It's been a minute since we've done this. Before we went on lockdown and I couldn't go to the liquor store, you know what I'm saying? Or I could go to the liquor store on my own, at my own free will. I stopped by um, Legacy and I picked up Founders Unraveled. Juicy IPA. 
So we've tried Founders before, I believe, but I've never had this Unraveled um, IPA. I'm trying to figure out where is where where is Founders? Where do they brew from again? In Grand Rapids, Michigan. All right. Um, this is six point six um, ABV, fifty IBUs, um, and this I just t tasted it, and it's pretty good. It's a typical like citrusy IPA. I feel like it's really smooth. I drank it when it was... Well, I'm drinking it now while it's really, really, really cold. And it's very refreshing. I feel like because it's a 6.6, .6, you can drink it in the daytime. And you probably can have a few and, you know, not be going crazy. It's light and airy. It's got a pretty golden color. It's got a nice little foam at the top. Um, it's not bitter. You know, a lot of IPAs, when you when it go down, it... It bites you like in the back, you know, like it, it's kind of bitter when you swallow it. But this one is actually really smooth. I'm enjoying it. I would drink Already. it again. Already. So. <laughs> I mean, I can't taste it, so you know I ain't got no opinion on it. I know, but this is, I don't like this. I don't like this part of the show. What came up with this part of the show? I know, but I don't like this part of the show like how we're doing it now. I don't like it. Already. Well, you know what I'm saying? Some of you, sometimes you got to use what you got to get what you want. Whatever. Uh, so please don't give me none of them Ronnie Ho quotes. <laughs> <laughs> you need to make money and don't let it make you. Yeah, well, in the... In the meantime, I I hope everybody is staying safe. Bali doesn't want to review his beer, so that's fine. Um, nah, I think I'll say that for next time. All right. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll catch everybody on the next episode. Peace. Y'all right, be safe out there. Stay healthy and stay home for now. <laughs> Bye. Peace. <laughs>